This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Hey, everybody, this is Chase from Barrel Age Flicks. Go ahead and check out our Patreon for raw, uncut footage and early access to all of our episodes. The link is in the description, and it's only $5 a month. Thanks for listening. I done busted this house, Cherry. It's open right up now. What kind of shit you talking? So we gotta get out of here, Leroy. That X-ray lady's back. She's all back right now by the van. She got a man with her the size of Detroit. Lazy brat sits in her room all day, sewing dolls. Children misbehaving in the basement. And one in the wall. I gotta sneeze. I know what you're doing. You're counting that money. You're letting it roll through your fingers. I've done it myself a thousand times. You shoot me and you die too, man. And you better believe it. Don't be crazy now. I'm dynamite back there to blow you sky high. Not the best place to store it, in my opinion. But there it was. Just put the gun down. I'm tired of fucking around. So either put the gun down now, or kiss your ass goodbye. Hey everybody, this is Barrel Age Flicks. I'm Lenny, yeah man, and this is... Hey, this is Ron. Let's drink and talk some movies. We also have... What's going on, you fucking nerds? This is Tyler. Let's talk about some modern mythology. And finally... This is Stu. Let's drink, motherfucker. All right, everybody, thank you so much for joining us for the People Under the Stairs episode. This was Ron's pick, and as always, we're going to feature an alcohol at the beginning of the show, and so in that case, I'm going to hand it off to Ron and let him introduce it. Go for it, bro. Hey, what's up, guys? This is uh, Dark Hollow. This is a bourbon barrel-aged stout. It comes out from um, Blue Mountain Brewery. Mm. Um, the founders were Taylor Smack and Matt Nuxi. Nuki. Taylor Smack? Taylor Smack. That's That's exactly what his name is, yeah. Opened in uh, Blue Mountain Brewery back in 2007. It is a dark, low-roast imperial style with notes of bourbon and vanilla from extended barrel aging in a charred American oak bourbon barrel. The reason why I picked this beer is because the picture on the beer bottle is basically like... It, it looks like a little entrance to like a dungeon to a basement or something like that. And yeah. also the name kind of crept out to me because of the whole people under the stairs in the dark. And when you're down there, it's almost like a catacombs and stuff like that. Yeah. So catacombs. I thought catacombs. I'm saying you didn't say catacombs. Catacombs. All right. There you go. So anyways, it's a uh, dark hollow imperial stout. So uh, what do you think, guys? You ready to try it out? Yes, sir. It smells good. Let's do it. Oof. Cheers. Prost. Yeah, baby. Ah, that's actually pretty good. It's not bad. It's um, it's not bad. I can I can definitely taste a little bit of the bourbon taste in it. Um, it's also a little bit bitter, but uh, it, it's not bad. It, I'm glad it's ice cold. This would be horrible warm. I can tell you that. <laughs> but um, this is some. Yeah, this is not bad. I, I'd probably give this probably maybe one thumb up. That's what I'd give it. I wouldn't drink this like as a every t- every time every day type of beer. Yeah. How about you? Uh, so for me, uh, same thing. I'd say one thumb. Um, I've got one thumbs up, one thumbs down. 
it's not bad. I'm definitely going to sit here and enjoy it, but uh, it's no Guinness, you know. So, exactly. No, um, I agree with you on that. But it's it's got it's it's got a smooth uh, taste like that kind of that strong bitter, you know, taste that you get. I don't really taste that till kind of the end. So it's got a very smooth kind of introduction, sort of like a massage for the wife before uh, you know <laughs> you slip in there. So yeah, that's. Do you, do you taste any of the vanilla? No, I, yeah, don't, I, I don't. Not really. Taste any vanilla in that? It has a good smell to it too. The beer's got the beer's got a good aroma. How about you, Stu? I'm gonna go. No thumbs up, no thumbs down. I'm very kind of in the middle on it. <laughs> I mean, it's if it's in the fridge, oh, okay, I'll drink it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not buying it. I am not gonna spend any this, money this on is it. This a one-time drink of it, and that's probably it. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be a completely forgettable beer to me. Okay. How about you, Tyler? <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> I'm wondering what if you like this or not. I'm curious. No, no, I like it. You. I like it. Oh, really? You yeah. do? Yeah. No, I. If you didn't quite get that, I was taking another sip. Uh, no, I do like this. Uh, it's barrel aged, just like this podcast. So right on. I, I definitely like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also an IPA, uh, or not an IPA? Sorry, uh, a stout. <clears throat> and uh, I'm I'm very very partial to stouts uh, as well as anything that's like that's bourbon barrel aged. So like so, this is sort of a bit. A mix of two great worlds to me, um, and I really, really like it. I think it's very good. So, two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Yeah, okay, it's, it's nice. a very, it's a very slow drinker. Um, this is, uh, you know, like uh, like Lenny was saying, like it's not a Guinness um, where it's a dry stout and it's very, very drinkable. This is, uh, this is definitely a slow drinker. This is something you uh, you enjoy, and I'm pretty sure you probably paid for that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like every sip you take, you actually kind of enjoy that sip in its own unit of time, as opposed to it's not a beer you'd be like, and you would chug it or anything like no, that. No, no, it, it's yeah. something you would enjoy. Um, probably what would you think would be more of like a dessert beer or would you think it would go well with? So I, I like that you said that. Um, so in the wine world, they have this thing about, about dessert wines, wines that are very, very sweet and, uh, you can only really enjoy them in like in, um, very, very slow, slow, uh, doses, very, uh, doses are like, are very, very, you know, like slow sips. It's a very slow drinker. Um, just like this beer, because, um, if you, if you slam this thing, it, it's, it's not gonna, <laughs> it's not gonna go very well for you because it has a very, very strong taste, but if you sip it and you enjoy it, um, it's, uh, it's, it's a much, much better. Um, it's very, it does have a sweetness to it, so it makes it very difficult to, um, to, to drink very quickly. What are you, what are you has, noticing? Also, uh, has, also has a 10% uh, ABV. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I figured you'd yeah. like that. You know, any any time <laughs> that you have a beer that has a higher alcohol content, if it, even if it's not like the most drinkable beer, um, you know, the college kid in me at heart will definitely be like, "Well, fuck it, it's got a lot of alcohol in it. I'll drink it." You know, <laughs> if I would like the, uh, get you drunk. <laughs> the Steel Reserve yeah. that we recently partook on. Oh God! Oh yeah, the Dude, Steel no. Reserve. So Jesus. I'll tell you, um, quick funny story. My uh, so my father in law. He drinks um, like darker beers like this, and him and my um, my brother in law both are like big on. They actually have a kegerator and the whole nine and like um, taps and all that stuff. They got really into it. They even got they even like were uh, back in Texas. They're making their own beer, and and it wasn't bad. But and this, if they're listening to this, I'm sorry, guys. But I'm just gonna throw it out there that they kind of have this like if it's not like really like punch you in the face beer then it's no good kind of a thing yeah and i went over there one day and my my father-in-law was like here try this he's always like making me try beers and he's like oh i found this beer try it and it was like in a big bigger bottle right and it was like something you get at world market 
and it was called Rasputin, and they had fucking Rasputin. Fuck yeah, they had Rasputin yeah. on the front, <laughs> and it tasted yeah. like pure fucking evil. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was really. Wait, was it in a growler or was it in a? a just no, a huge it was just in a big bottle, and and I was like, fuck me. And he was like, oh, what? You can't handle it. Woo. So I was like, whatever, fine, I'll drink it. So I like forced myself to fucking drink this beer, and I was just like, oh god. And was, was this bad. the brother uh, who has the fast food podcast? No, 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 no. This is um, my. This is my. This was my uh, my father in law. My my wife's dad. Oh, okay. I thought you said yeah. your father and brother. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. My father in law, brother in law. Yeah, yeah. Dude, we're gonna get into the relationship like of some of the people from this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mommy and daddy, also known as brother and sister, yes. also known as husband and wife. The fuck so is going on? Those mommy and daddy. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it's very weird. Well, anyways, let's go ahead and get, let's to get the into it. Yeah, man, go for it, bro. So, People Under the Stairs is kind of a childhood favorite of mine. I saw this first on TV, uh, cut up, of course, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. I don't remember how old I was. Yeah, I, I <laughs> cut up just like Leroy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so I remember um, I was young, and uh, we, my parents went over to uh, um, my dad's like best friend through when he was in the military, and all the way down in Georgia. We went down to their house and they had a VHS copy of People Under the Stairs, and I saw it. And we were all yeah. trying to watch like a family movie. And I was like, hey, "This is a great movie. We should watch this, Mom and Dad." And uh, they were like, "Okay, we'll we'll give it a shot." Oh God, my dad has not. Uh, he will not let it go till now. I'm I'm 38 years old. I can attest to that. I've personally heard. Ron's father give him <laughs> shit about his movie choices. I, I always say, "Hey, let's watch this movie." He says, "Why? You're, you're, is, is it going to be like People Under the Stairs?" Yes. Every single time. <laughs> hey, remember that great. dog shit movie? Maybe watch that one time. I've known. No, Ron. he's actually said it yeah. that way too. He's I've known Ron for 15 years, and I can attest his dad will constantly bust his balls about this, and as. Lowered his dad's <laughs> love, I think, for him because of his poor choice of film. I'm so disappointed in you. <laughs> so I, I tell people a lot. I mean, I told a lot of people that I love this movie, and you know, it, it's a fun movie. When at that age, watching it from this point of view now, it, it's I've changed my view of it. But overall, basically, it's about um, uh, family. Uh, basically, uh, mommy and daddy. That's actually their only names inside the uh, movie. Who own this house and. Uh, they uh, so basically they own the ghetto and uh, they are also known to be owners of a um, funeral home in the past. Their whole generations of family, but they were known to take money basically from the ghetto, charging like crazy rents and everything else. And yep. there's this cool this uh, kid named Fool um, who is played by um, actual name was Poindexter. Poindexter just called him Fool. Brandon yeah. Adams. Fool. Yeah, Brandon Adams. And if you know who Brandon Adams is, he was actually in the, the movies that. People might have known him in, because really, I only know him in these movies. Is The Sandlot, he was a cake eater in uh, The Mighty Ducks, and he was also inside the movie um, Moonwalker with Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Yeah, I loved that as a kid, by the way. Michael Jackson's Moonwalker? Yes, yeah. I actually really loved it when I was a kid. I liked him as uh, in The Sandlot. I thought he was a good character in that, but yeah. uh, also The Mighty Ducks, of course. I mean, old Disney movies. And then you'd find him in this R-rated uh, horror movie from Wes Craven. Yeah. But basically what happens is that um, they try to, him and this uh, Ving Rams character, Leroy, are trying to rob this family and get some... Ving Rams with hair? 
Yeah, he did have. Yeah, hair, didn't he, he had like a. Like, he also had some uh, African type of hat or something like that. Like dog shit haircut, man. Like it yeah, was, it was so like fucking that, bad. It like, was like that eraser head like hairdo that they like kid and play. It well, not as not as no, extreme, no, no, but he had. All. I don't even yeah. remember. Wait a minute, I don't even no. remember his hat coming off in the movie. I could have sworn. Yeah. It, uh, I don't remember. It doesn't it. No, his hat was on always flat. Yeah, thinking about the the hair the hat. Yeah. We'll get a hat, too. Yeah. It was very nice. Well, you were talking about kid and play uh, hairdo. I, I never even saw his hairdo in it. Uh, you it, just it, see the back of the hair, you know, when it, yeah. the hat the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, he had, like, this, like, this anti-fade or whatever in the back. It wasn't, yeah. like, it was, it was yeah. like, a black mullet or something like that. I didn't understand it. Like, it was actually, like, longer in the back, and, like, I, yeah, I didn't He, he was very it. sleazy looking. I was like, what the hell? So, and they was a much smaller thing, Rames, too, than what he yeah. would become. Oh, yeah. yeah, he was a small guy in that movie. Oh, yeah, but seriously, the best movie I've ever seen him in was Dawn of the Dead. Also, Oh, pretty, he was badass, yeah. Yeah, he was a badass in that one, the badass cop in that. No, man, but, Ving, Ving Rams, like has had a hell of a career, man. Like, he's worked for, for Scorsese, he's worked for Wes Craven, he's worked for Tarantino. Yeah, Great character in the Mission Impossible series, too. Well, it's oh, funny, yeah. you say, you say, funny you say, like, you know, he had a great character, because, like, in my opinion, I love Ving Rams, but he's played the same fucking character in every movie. Oh, he's that dude does not pretty much. That dude does not have any range whatsoever. No, right? not really. But he's a great. But he's, but it's such a great character that he is playing yeah. every time. So no, he, like he's, 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 he's very charismatic. In so many places, yeah. yeah, you can yeah. fit him in anywhere. Yeah, he's like he's incredibly charismatic. Whatever. It's like so you don't really mind. You're like you're like yeah, I'll, like this dude's fucking awesome. Whatever. Like let's fucking go. Yep. But that dude is he does not have any fucking range. Range. He is not like fucking Daniel Day Lewis. You know, where like where he's hardly recognizable role to role. It's the exact same yeah. fucking guy in every single movie. That's true. That is very true. So, um, Leroy's got this uh, character, this uh, friend of his named Spencer, basically, and they they make a job by robbing. And yeah. um, they take fool with him, basically, to go to this house and rob them to get some, you know, riches or something like that out of that. Because they heard that there was some gold over there. Right. Uh, so, they get... Spencer, to go. first they had Fool do it, and Fool was in like a Cub Scout uniform, and they would not let him in. And then you meet the, <laughs> the fucking lady for the first time. Who you guys is, want some cookies? Woman yeah. is named as Mommy, Miss Ro- Robinson. I think the, the family was called the Robsons or something Ro- like that. Yeah, Roberson. Roberson? Yeah. Yeah, and her, Wendy, Robbie, what did you guys think of her? I mean, seriously, her look, just the whole skeletal look that oh, she that's, had. That's she looked easy. great. It was perfect. Yeah. It honestly yeah. was. I could not picture a different actress embodying that role yes. so i will say this about her when i was you found her attractive didn't you no <laughs> hey, 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 dude, hey, no remind me of chloe oh god yeah like she's gonna wear my fucking skin so no. <laughs> you, know what, you know a funny thing about that is that she based her character off a of hannibal lecter yeah and no not and for good reason she was fucking creepy that, that's so, what she said I, mean, I didn't see it here's the thing well yeah because hannibal lecter was like in very much in control We'll get into that another Well, she did it for her audition. That's how she got the role. But But she, so when I saw this movie, I want to say I was, I was a kid. I was definitely like an adolescent kind of elementary, middle school age, somewhere around there. Same as you guys. And looking at her from a kid's perspective, she was fucking terrifying. I was like, Christ, like she was scary as fuck. Yeah. And then like seeing her as an adult, I'm like, dude, I, yeah, she's. I wouldn't want my kid anywhere near that chick. She's fucking nuts. And she plays mommy to see that. That's the thing. The only that the character names in this is mommy and daddy. That that's what they yeah. go by. But when you first see him, you f- feel that they are a married couple. The other character is Everett McGill playing daddy, who is I think a really great looking character. I think the whole the the, yeah. the how menacing he looks and everything yeah. else very imposing. And both of those characters actually played a husband and wife in a show called Twin Peaks. If anybody ever knows that. Yes. From, 
um, David Lynch. I read one note where that's actually where they got the role from. Yeah. Is like is uh, I guess Wes Craven saw them uh-huh. in that show and was like this, they, those are my fucking people. Those and, are the, yeah, this is funny because they're playing mommy and, mommy and daddy, and then they're playing basically a brother and sister. So, so basically they go to rob this house, and Spencer takes a chance at it because fool wouldn't even get in, and Spencer does this whole like uh, gas um, checkup or something like that, and or she lets him in the house. Or like and that. but uh, Ving Rams and Fool are just sitting in the van waiting for Spencer and thinking that he he's in there and he's been in there for a long time, and all of a sudden. Of the van where both uh, mommy and daddy basically pull out and they're like, wait a minute, why is he still in the house? So then they decide to go inside the house and they're really pissed off because they think Spencer might have taken all of the, the riches or they, they don't know what's going on. <laughs> so they make it inside the house. They notice that there's bars all over the windows. They can't get inside the house. Locked from the outside. Yeah. Locked from the outside. And they, uh, they break inside the house and they get into this entrance to this room and then they see this metal door and they are trying to break in and, you know, just the scene in the beginning where I busted this house's cherry because he was able to open the door. And as soon as they open that door, this big-ass Rottweiler comes out and comes at him. And that that's a big dog right there. Yeah. Beautiful puppy. Dude, yeah, yeah. beautiful that, that dude, puppy. You know, man, like, so they were trying to make that dog, like, so fucking scary. Yeah. It was, like, this terrifying Rottweiler. Prince was fucking adorable. Oh, yeah. yeah. Was. yeah. Dude, there's so many scenes where I was just like, oh, I want to pet that killer puppy. He looks like yeah. he looks well, like a, I, I feel he's sorry. a good boy. Yeah. I feel sorry for the part. I mean, I'm jumping ahead when they uh, when they uh, because the doorknob has like an electric uh, yep. current through, and uh, Ving Rams character Leroy and Fool kind of hold on because the dog has got a hold of uh, Leroy and was attacking him and zaps the dog. <laughs> I thought that was great because the dog's looking on the floor and is like, oh, 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 what oh, the oh, fuck oh. happened? I felt so I sad. I grew up with uh, Dobermans and Roddies. Uh, all my life, and just to see such a beautiful puppy like that just get fucked up, I was like, "Oh, yeah, made me feel sad." <laughs> so they make it in the house, and uh, Fool and them are both going up. Basically, um, Leroy goes upstairs, and Fool goes downstairs. So basically, Ving Rhames, uh Leroy character, I keep going that Leroy basically tells him that uh, well, you ju- Leroy Jenkins, <laughs> sorry. Leroy tells him that uh, is he's chicken shit basically, and uh, Fool says I'm not chicken shit, so he's going to go in the basement while Leroy goes upstairs. So Fool goes downstairs into the basement where he see he basically hears noises like some like sounds from behind the um like there's almost like a, a gated area or something like that, and he goes down there and he sees Spencer down on the ground, laying there, and all of a sudden right when uh the, you just hear like a big bang because there's people behind the uh, wall. And he falls on the ground, sees Spencer there, and he goes over to him to see if he's all right. And he looks at him, and his white, his hair is fucking white. His whole body is white. He yeah. looks like a powdered fucking Okay, donut. see, this is something I got to ask. Is Have you ever heard of the whole thing about your, your hair turning white? Because that's in a lot of movies. Is that true? Can that no, really happen? No, fuck no. Okay. So here's the thing. So look at any president over um, over the span of like of their term. Uh, their their hair does have a does have a, a graying, and that's just because of the, because of the stress of the, yeah. of the job. Um, anytime you deal with a lot of stress, like your hair is going to go gray. Um, in addition to other like other health factors that you're going to have, um, you're going to have increased blood pressure. You're going to have other health problems that are going to pop up from stress because stress will truly kill you. Right. Um, however, that doesn't happen instantly like that. Like he was so scared, like his hair turned white instantly. It doesn't work like that. It happens over a long span of time. Yeah. So then he finds out and tries to pull him away, and right when he pulls his body out because his hand is, like, underneath, his hand is all chewed up. So there's somebody behind the walls that chewed up on his hand. In that gigantic fucking basement, too. Yes. That basement was fucking Okay, well, see, that's another thing I want to bring up about the house. 
Wes Craven kind of pointed out uh, when you look at the outside of the house, it's a very small house, but inside he wanted to make it more like an Alice in Wonderland where you're walking to the house and it's grand because there's a lot of scenes where they're walking to the walls. I mean, there's like the fucking between the walls are like halls, like big holes that you can walk yeah. through. So that's one thing Wes Craven wanted to do because you can know that's not, that's completely unrealistic and how big that house was on the inside. Yeah, so then all of a sudden they hear a no- noise and they hear a door slam and the mommy and daddy are basically back looking up. So Fool finds Leroy, which is funny because he goes up the stairs and he sees his head inside of an air vent and he thinks that Leroy is dead. And he pulls up to him, pull, comes up to him and Leroy just like just says, well, well, don't scare me, don't walk behind me like that. Oh, you know what? I, I f- f- forgot to bring up when she, when he was downstairs. Roach pops out of nowhere and basically right. um, creeps right behind him. Roach is the that's uh, the thing we didn't talk about. Roach, <laughs> dude. I'm, like, I'm a horrible fucking person. I'll admit it. I'm a terrible fucking person. <laughs> Sean Whalen's debut role for Roach, and he is basically a really scrawny dude. He's got no tongue. He looks fucking skeletal. He, he's one of the children. Oh, that was his debut role? That was like, his debut role, yes. Oh, man. He That's fucking it. great. Yeah. He nailed He really it. did. And yeah. that character, I would say, like, <laughs> watching it in a new light, I was trying so hard not to laugh, but every single time I heard him go, Ooh, in the book. and then there was, well, I'm skipping ahead, but there's a scene where daddy's hunting him because he's trying to fucking kill him. He wants to get rid well, of him. You no, know, that's the thing. He's actually like, um, uh, what, what is he doing? He's uh, taunting him, basically. Yeah, he's basically defying him, and he's fucking trying to kill him, and he's like shooting his shotgun through the walls to try and kill this guy, and he, he yeah, keeps and missing never, him. never reloading, by the way. Oh, by yeah, the way, okay, <laughs> we're going to have to bring this up. I know we're jumping way ahead, but daddy, when he does come and chase Roach, he comes out in a fucking, th- this, is, this is the fucking weirdest part of the movie because you, you never expected it. He comes out in a fucking gimp suit. Yeah, let's, like with let's a get into this real quick. Oh, yeah. I got to ask you guys, what did you think of that fucking scene when he came out of the gym suit? What do you think it did for his character? Because that was just like, what the fuck? All right, so I got a, I got a couple of things. So what was the deal in the 90s with like with the S&M oh, Pulp leather, Fiction? Leather, leather? No, yeah. I mean, like there, it was a bunch of movies in the 90s. It yeah. was it was split second. Yeah, like, you're right. Like, yep. tech, tech Noir, the, do, the, uh, the goth club. Yep. Uh, you had Pulp Fiction, The Gimp, as yep. we're, we're calling it, The Gimp Suit. And we had this. And there's a bunch of other movies, too, like that just had a lot of leather, Blade, The Matrix. What the fuck was the deal in the 90s with like with the leather? I more, more no idea. I'm going to say that was because of, yeah, the sexual revolution back in the 70s. Uh, things becoming more accepted and more people, you know, letting their freak fly. Like, fly. And it's, it's it was the a 90s way they, was I like, know it was, it was the 90s, like, but it's a way that, 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 the, that the film can show... Uh, a freaky sexy side without actually you know showing some super graphic shit they can just show somebody in bdsm yeah, but, 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 gear and all and I, you know immediately it's a sexual thing yeah. but, but the thing is when he comes out like that i guess it makes him more feel more powerful or something like that. I'm just, I, I felt that, that was, I guess. That was yeah. him in the gimp suit was actually his real self yeah um the, you know the hunter uh you know and that thing he he that was his real skin. The, the the skin that he puts on as the the liquor store owner, as the uh, apartment owners. That was the the his his fake skin. Yeah. Um. And that that's what he showed the world. He felt more comfortable to me in the gimp suit, and because that's who in his mind he, who he really was. Yeah. So I think a deeper question is how is it that Veen Rain keeps getting fucked over by people wearing gimp suits? Well, he wasn't wearing a gimp suit when he got shot. No, I'm saying so like. 
this guy. Oh my god, yeah, suit. Pulp Fiction. He's a yeah. gimp suit wearing dude who ends up killing him. Then he almost gets railed in the ass by a dude wearing almost. a suit. Almost. <laughs> almost. Fucking Bruce Willis about? swings in and saves his life. So no, that was dude, no, that was the was, cop. Dude, that was the cop. Dude, he was getting cleaned the fuck out when he walked in the but room. But not by the gimp. He's getting cleaned out by a dude's friend, that fat dude with a fucking beard. And he's fucking. So he got revenge on the gimp in Pulp Fiction for what the gimp did to him you and know children. I like that. <laughs> Our people. I like Sorry, that. I will give you that. He almost, he almost yeah, got it, but yes. then he got his revenge. So yeah, no, I. So for me, like when I was a kid, I first time seeing it, I was just like. Okay, well, I wasn't super shocked by it, honestly, because I was like, these people are fucking weird. I already had that established in my head. So when I saw the suit, I was like, eh, makes sense. And then, like... <laughs> <laughs> How old were you when you saw this? I was, like, maybe, I don't know, somewhere between 10 and 12. Oh, wow. Here's the thing. little bit side story about me. My parents, my mother more specifically than my dad, didn't really filter the shit I watched. So, like, I watched rated R shit when I was really young. So, like... like split second? Yeah. So so seeing so seeing this movie wasn't really that shocking for me. I'd right. seen way worse and I just was like, well, that makes sense. And then like as I'm older, when he came out in the gib suit, I started laughing. I was like, that's awesome. Like I have a different perspective now as an adult. I thought it was great. Yeah, seeing run through the hallways felt that when he was screaming, "I'm gonna get you!" Yeah. <laughs> he he just sounded like a deaf person for some reason when yeah. he was happy. Yeah, and I yeah. just could not understand the rest of the movie. He's talking fine, but when he gets excited, <laughs> he sounds like, like a, he sounds like an this? imbecile. <laughs> a little rewind here: Leroy gets shot, of course. So he, he uh, Ving Rhames has a very short role, and then yeah. fools in the house when he. Left from uh, when he escaped from Roach because he thought Roach was trying to you know get him and everything Heard else. Him, he left yeah. the basement and Alice opens the door. Alice is the child of mommy and daddy, which is actually really not their child. It's a yeah. child that they stole. Yep. And all the people in the stairs are children that they stole in the past. Boys, boys. They're yeah. all boys. Every yes. last yeah. one. Was yeah, boys. that's right. And Roach was actually a uh, boy that escaped. And He's he lives through one. the walls. He's the defiant one. Yeah, yeah and uh, he likes to taunt Daddy basically, which is, is fucking great. <laughs> and Alice feeds him, and Alice tries yeah, to help tries him out whenever she can. And when yeah. she gets caught, she gets severely fucking punished, which is bad. So then he gets shot. Uh, he um, Daddy sickens, six uh, sends out uh, Prince to get Fool and everything yeah. else. Doesn't work out, and then uh, Fool finds Alice, and they kind of have a little friendship here, basically. Yep. And um, Fool escapes says that he's going to come back for Alice because he tried to get Alice to escape with him, but she doesn't know the real world out there. Like, she looked out the window and says, what is it? What's out there? I, I don't know what's out there, basically. Yeah. Agoraphobic. Yeah. So, because she was basically stuck in that house. Uh, quick fact, Wes Craven also based this movie on a news report back in 1977, I believe, where uh, two burglars enter a house to rob a house, basically, and... Um, there was two children that were locked away from the parents. So that's what Wes Craven based this movie off of. He likes to base his movies off of real things stuff that he read. Like Freddie was based on a news report that he saw of uh, some teenager that was scared to death of going to sleep and then go- dying in their sleep. Oh, no shit. I yeah, didn't know he that. took I that like idea. Japanese man or something like that. Wasn't I think it? so. Yeah, I think it was yeah. like in Japan. Did he also base uh, Hills of Eyes on that? Uh, on something that real? think so but also i don't know that was yeah. just a little uh, what we all assume happens out there right. well, there was and i don't know if hills has, has eyes as part of it too but there was an actual news story that took place in the 70s of a, of a gentleman who um and this was what 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Hannibal, and a lot of other movies like that came from this one story. Right. Where this guy was, um, oh, Psycho was another movie that came from this, where this guy lived at home alone. Mm-hmm. And he was a li- and he and he would um, date women, bring them back to his house, and he'd kill them, and then he would fucking use their skin to make shit and lamp so shades and shit lamp like shades. That. Yeah, it was fucking. It was super unsettling when they finally like figured out what was going on. They broke into this. They 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 you know raided this dude's house and found fucking body parts and Ooh, all dang. kinds of crazy yep. like lamp shades made out of women's skin and and like. You name it, dude. The guy yeah. was fucking sick. And I want to say that he, was in Wisconsin, if I remember. Yeah, right. it was, yeah. It was at Gain. Yep. Yeah, it was yep. some some farm dude, and they so a lot of your really um, twisted horror movies, especially that involve mutilation or um, cannibalism or anything like that, were based off of that that news story. That news yeah. story Gain, influenced yeah. a lot of horror movies, and I want to say Hills Have Eyes might have been one of them. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm sure it had some basis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So well, the kid, like I said, the kids in this one that live in the basement, they are cannibals because they they have to to survive. Basically, that's all they. Can, yeah, and I believe Daddy has also fed them um, people that have come into the house because people yeah. have gone in there and just disappeared. <laughs> yeah, you've got to keep them hungry. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, um, hey, sorry, man. I had I actually had like a, a couple more things to say about the about the gem suit. Go ahead. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So. Um, so yeah, man. So at the like in the nineties, that was just something like that people said, like, "Oh, it's it's the nineties, like you know, like it's this like sexually like liberating time," and that's right. just the way that's just the way it was. Um, but yeah, no, I have uh, I have some friends that have uh, some interesting hobbies, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, <laughs> I, uh, so, <laughs> I am so, really worried where this is going. <laughs> I'm excited. I so, want to hear more. Oh shit! So so. so Friends of mine that have interesting hobbies, I do not partake in them. You know, like they live their own life. You know, like it's you know whatever. Just like it's the nineties, it's twenty twenty one. Cool, that's what you want to do. Not my thing. However, so I have some friends that have some interesting hobbies, and they've told me that the scene is bullshit. Because, oh really? Yeah, yeah. Because they said that like that, daddy changes into the suit in like in a matter of seconds. <laughs> Apparently, those suits take a while to get into, and it normally takes, like, two people. Yeah. And, like, it involves, like, neoprene and baby powder. I can see that. They have to wear, like, an yep. undersuit. Can you, see, can you also try to figure out how much he was sweating running around in those hallways with that fucking oh, suit? Oh, God. Yeah, dude. Those I mean, suits that, don't that breathe. Be, I'm oh pretty sure. Oh, my God. That must have been a yeah. torture. Yeah. So, that's that's what they said. They said that the, like, the, the undersuit that they have to wear has to be some sort of, like, moisture-wicking um material like you know like some sort of like you know like a merino wool or something like that like or some sort of like you know like synthetic Ugh. that like that helps pull that that the the moisture away from sweating because like as if you don't like the leather rubs and it chafes and like it's this whole like fucking nightmare <laughs> yeah <laughs> but maybe he liked the chafing yeah maybe well i mean like i want to feel the leather against my skin oh, i think he got turned on by it yeah <laughs> so um i don't know man like uh you know my whole thing with with uh with daddy is like is perhaps he's you know maybe the dude's like it's uh maybe he's conflicted i i've tried to I've tried to uh, to give this character like you know like depth in my mind, um, but uh, unfortunately I, I can't. This is an incredibly simple character. Both him yeah. and mommy are very very one dimensional. They're just evil people. They're like they're evil and sh- incestuous, racist, motivated by money. Yeah, greedy, you know? yeah, and, and greedy yeah. people. They're also ultra ultra religious, basically. Yeah, which which I kind of thought was like was kind of fucked they up. They pick and choose yeah. the religious parts that work for them. May they burn in hell. I mean that that's one of their favorite. That was lines. that was her their, not wanting. That to was swear their like phrase. And Mama not wanting to swear. Yeah, and yeah. Saying other things in place of swear words. Yeah, yeah that, favorite that scene part. Where she says, favorite part where she goes. Ka! 
<laughs> that's, yeah. I love yeah. that because that because I think part of that was because the you know it was a black kid touching her and she's racist, so she's like ah caca. Like I God, I thought it was funny. Oh man. Yeah, so no. basically, Roach uh, befriends her, but um, Daddy comes out in the gimp suit, and they both escape. Roach and uh, um, Fool right through a little doorway, but uh, Daddy shoots and hits uh, Roach. Yeah, he so finally, point, get, finally gets him. Yeah, so they go down to the walls, and uh, they go all the way down to the basement, and he expl- basically Roach kind of explains about Alice up there and that you need to, you know, he kind of says it in his own way. You, you need to save her. And yeah. then he gives her, he gives Fool like a little bag of gold, which uh, Fool then says, you know, takes that bag of gold and then he escapes out of the house and he gets back to his, uh, this is the thing I didn't bring up in the beginning. And basically, so Stu, hey, how about you explain that? Okay, so this goes all the way back to the beginning. Uh, Fool, his mother, his sister, all living in this really run down apartment building. Yeah. Um, and they've gotten an eviction letter. Uh, come to find out later on through uh, Leroy and Spencer's robbing of a liquor store that the owner of the liquor store is also the same people that are the landlords and owner of the building, and that's why they're choosing to go ahead and rob these people. Um, um, also, just a side note, since we're talking about motivations, um, wasn't Fool's mother, like, didn't she have, like, cancer? Yeah, she, yeah. Was, she was, like, she dying was, yeah, riddle, but they had no yeah. money to take care of it. They had no money for the procedures yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they're about to get thrown on the street, got nowhere to live. Yeah, Fool's mother's dying. Um, Leroy comes across this information that mommy and daddy have uh, gold, you know, at their house through some letter that was at a liquor store. That's right, that, yeah. That him and Spencer robbed. So you got um, people that in a position that have, they have literally nothing to lose. Yeah, and so. Fool's sister doesn't want Fool to have anything to do with it. Wants Fool to, you know, be on the straight and narrow, become a doctor and everything like that. Um, but in then the they ghetto. realize that <laughs> if somebody needs to be robbed, it's going to be these motherfuckers. Yeah. yeah. So Fool gets back. <laughs> To the uh, grandfather, which I think is his name is um, Grandpa Grandpa Booker, basically Bill by Bill, played by Bill Cobbs. If you guys yeah. know Bill Cobbs, he always plays like a He's a grandfatherly character. He's in a lot of, of the movies. older wise yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. But um, does and a good job. Gives him the gold. He was a little displeased at what he did, but he also says that this gold will help your you know, help pay for the eviction. It will help pay for her um, his his uh, mom's, mother mama's procedure. Being yeah, taken in the, the ambulance, really and, uh, and then he basically tells a whole story about the uh, mommy and daddy being and their brother whole and family. sister, yeah, yeah and the kids uh, and everything. Because he didn't. Because Fool didn't believe it. I think yeah. Fool believed that they were a you know at that point husband we, and wife. Nobody knew yeah. up until Grandpa said. Uh, no, they're brother and sister. Um, you just assume they're a couple of fucked up dudes. Now, do you do you think they actually had sex? That's I've a, contemplated see, that. See, like I, maybe I, no. They're fucked I, I don't up. Think so. They're fucked so. up enough that they that I wouldn't be surprised if they did. But at the same time, the 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 wife or mommy is so like. See, I don't think super they get fucking their, wound tight. I don't think she would be. Yeah, I don't think they get their their, their sexual thrills through physical stuff like a normal person was. I think they're getting their thrills through the domination, through the torture, killing people. Well, that's yeah. see, I'm gonna that's have to... where they're getting their, their, their basically their fucking or, or, orgasms from is from that aspect. Well, I also think you got to bring up the fact that you think Daddy is a fucking child molester. It's implied, it really it's is, very but, but also he has been beating the shit out of her, you know, and 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 torturing her. So Bad he's getting his yeah his his fix through the domination that yeah. he's imparting upon her. Um, 
So it's a, it's kind of hinted at that maybe he wants to cross that that line physically with her, right. but it's never directly said that he does. Yeah, that, yeah. there's a, there's a disturbing scene where she's like up in the uh, attic and she's like uh, chained up, and he comes in in the gym suit and he starts grabbing himself, and it's like yeah. it makes you cringe a little bit when you that watch was, that, that scene. part. I was like, dude, yeah. I swear to God, if he starts touching her, I'm done. Like this, I'm not <laughs> fucking. I'm gonna sit here and watch this. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you on that. Yeah, absolutely. So Full goes back into the house to go save Alice, basically. Mm-hmm. He, at first, he calls in a child abuse, and uh, at the house, Mommy and Daddy have the house all set up and cleaned up, and basically you're looking at Daddy's wearing some hat, like, front where he looks so different because he's covering an area oh, where... that wound. Yeah, because head. I think... What was it? Uh, Full, like, hit him with the... Uh, like a piece of the um, sink inside the bathroom or something like that. Yeah, yeah he hit yeah. him with yeah, he hit him with something and like caused him to have a wound. So he put a hat over his head. Yeah, there's so many bullshit like slapsticky fucking moments in this movie. There, I, there was the 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 toilet seat cover over the head when he's doing like the like you know the here's Johnny fucking moment. He's sticking his head through the door. It's like, there, <gasps> yeah, exactly. And there's like there's this uh, there's the scene with the slingshot where like where. Um, Fucking Roach hits him with like hits him with the slingshot, yeah. and, he, oh. and he does like yeah, exactly. He does like this like you know like he knocks him out unconscious, and it's just like all of, all. Of daddy that. get Daddy gets fucked up in this uh, in this movie. Like he, they That's are why going, I'm not a huge fan of this movie. It didn't seem like it knew what it wanted to be. Yeah, it didn't know if it wanted to be a black comedy or if a dark. It wanted to be you know a a horror film. It it just never really found its voice. It yeah. tried to be so many things. And because it tried to be so many things, it fell flat. Right. Yeah, as an adult, I definitely didn't take the story as serious as I did when I was a kid. So well, I was a lot, I saw a lot more comedy in it. Go ahead. When uh, Fool gets in the house, while, while the doors are all open, he gets back in the house. And then the cops all leave. They didn't see anything wrong and, yeah. and everything else. And then all of a sudden, right when the cops leave, Fool's looking around the house looking for Alice. And there comes Daddy. Comes back out in the fucking gimp suit again. And then he also sends his dog Prince to chase him because uh, Fool's trying to get to Alice. And they go basically into the walls. And uh, Daddy takes Prince and puts him into the walls. And Prince is following them. And remember that part? What was that? Was in the beginning when uh, Roach set a trap. That's one thing I forgot to say before Roach dies. Um, Roach set traps inside the walls for Prince. You see a part where uh, uh, Prince is following them. And then the floor just gives out, and it has oh, Prince God. sliding down a little slide. Dude, was, that's, yeah. yeah, that sound the dog made when it was going down the slide was fucking brilliant. It was like, yeah. I was like, yes. So much like Scooby Doo bullshit. This yeah. Oh yeah, uh, like the sound effects, and because I think even I think even as as Prince is going down the slide, you just hear this like this wee like yeah. you know kind of sound, and there's like like it's 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 all sound effects you've heard like on. Saturday morning cartoons. You oh, yeah. You've heard it on see. Scooby-Doo. You've heard it on, on fucking Animaniacs. Like, yeah. It, I wouldn't have been surprised if one of the guys that broke into the house found a sandwich in the kitchen. He's like, oh, look, a sandwich. And fucking <laughs> eats it or some dumb, dumb shit like that. So, Prince, uh, th- this is a – it's a sad scene, but it's also kind of funny because of uh, Daddy's uh, kind of uh, – His reaction. His reaction to it. Um, <laughs> it's my favorite part. Oh, yeah. It's your favorite part? <laughs> oh, shit. You killed Prince. Yeah, that, that scene's funny because Prince is inside the wall and attacking Fool, and uh, Daddy's taking a... Fu- was it Bayonet? Bayonet. Oh, yeah, Bayonet, that's yeah. right. And Fool takes Prince and pushes him against the wall, and uh, Daddy just stabs the wall and stabs the dog, but doesn't even know and it because initial, Fool yeah. does this whole thing like, oh, like he just got stabbed, 
And Daddy's like, all of a sudden, just like getting all excited. All of a sudden, it's like, I killed him! I killed him! What was I got him! 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 That scene is funny though, the way he acts. Yeah, and mommy's like, prove it, and like everything goes real serious, and like he like drags her off, and oh man, that then he starts tearing the wall open, and all of a sudden you just see this fucking fake head of a dog come out. It's sad because you see the the dog just come out. He's like, and just. That just sounded yeah, horrible. The way the baby, the, <laughs> the way the dog, 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 That's what he said. I don't know. But you see the dog just like basically just fall dead right on the wall, and you just see his reaction. He's like, "Oh shit! Oh my god!" It, it, it's kind of funny and sad at the same time because you did not want Prince to go. So they basically have to uh, find um, find out. Uh, and Alice and Fool are in the walls. They're going to ho- go ahead and try and escape. They go up yep. to the roof, and they're about to jump down, but they can't because the originally way that Fool escaped was jumping off the side of the house into the little creek below. They had like a pond. Yeah, yeah a little pond. Or yeah, pond. I'm sorry. And then when they went to go do it again, Alice says, no, you can't because Daddy put glass and uh, trash, you know, stuff down there. So if you fall down there, you, you know, get yeah, he Which it seemed like he drained, not only did it completely oh, he drain the it. house, That's right. yeah. he was able to also drain the pond completely, fill it up with glass, all in before the cops even showed up. Yeah. And that short period of time between the time that full escaped and, the, and him calling uh, protective services, which, you know, it's not at most, at most, even in the ghetto, you're looking at an hour, hour and a half, I would think, yeah. response time. And I, I got to say, too, that it, I, I just wanted to point out how one cool thing about this story is that that house is literally like almost like a living hell. And the fact that that, that house is amazing. Fuck you. Well, I'm talking <laughs> you, about like you, yeah, I'm talking about the, house. the people in the house make it that bad. Like oh, yeah. the mommy, mommy and daddy being fucking horrible people. But. The fact that Fool was able to escape, narrowly escape, he and then twice. he had the bravery and the, the you know to come back because you know that's the right thing to do. Yeah, it really shows a lot about his character because he could have been like, "Well, I got everything I needed. Fuck that white chick. I don't give a fuck." But no, he said, "No, that that's not right." And I prom, I made a promise. I'm gonna come back for her, and I'm gonna do it. And he made it happen. And that's that's a really cool thing. I just wanted to. Well, he also out. befriends uh, one of the cannibals down and people under the stairs. The, the yeah. people down there. Yeah. Uh, one of the long haired guys. And the one thing about them that they look is they're very pale colored. They have blackish eyes because they've been in a basement, locked in the basement for so they many. They remind me a lot years. of emo bands from you know. Oh, I Back didn't even think about then. that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm not okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, dude, no, no. Like one thing, one thing I really liked about Fool's character is um, this. I love Fool. I thought the, he was a great character. Yeah, no, no. He's he's probably one of the best. Uh, um, probably one of the best characters in the whole story. I thought Alice's character was very cool. The the moment where she, where like where she has an opportunity to escape and she's just like, I don't know what's out there. That was a cool character moment because yeah. like it was very very yes. realistic. Like you know, what would you expect from somebody who's been locked in a house their entire life? They wouldn't want to fucking leave even if they had the opportunity, right? Because like, because they'd be so scared of like of you know, like what what is out what is out there? Like you know, like this. And ha- also, the only family that she believes, yeah, this is, is the devil that I know. Yeah, this is the devil I know. Like I don't know what the yeah. fuck is out. Yeah, Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, no. Um. Uh, Fool has uh, he has a, he has an arc of the story, and this story is is really a coming of age story. If you really look at it, it's not a very good one, albeit, but it's a coming of age story. The movie opens up with with the tarot cards, and it seemed like every movie of that time like had tarot cards in it, and they they always yeah. they always drew the fucking death card yeah, every like, time. Oh yeah. no, you're yeah. like yeah, I saw that coming. So Fool draws the Fool card, and it's it's a it's a young man standing at the edge of a cliff in front in front of a cliff in, uh, in front of the sun. 
And he says he has to turn back on the cliffs and walk through the sun where he'll come out on the other side, a man. And that's at the very beginning of the movie. Like, so it's very, very clear to me that like, this is a, this is a coming of age story. And you kind of see that with, um, with, with his character where he has to do things that most adults don't have to do in their whole, their whole life. Right. Um, he has to make decisions. He has to take responsibility for his family and, um, and do and risk his life Mm -hmm. to, uh, to provide for them. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it's 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 really really cool, you know. And, and like, it makes sense because it's his, the story starts with like with it being on his thirteenth birthday, and in multiple religions, you know, thirteen is, is where you come of age. You yeah, know, like you know, yeah. like in uh, Judaism, like you know, like you have your bar mitzvah or your bat mitzvah at age thirteen, and that's where you become an adult in the eyes of like of uh, the the synagogue, I guess, or like you know, of like of of the religion. Um, with Catholics, it's the same thing you receive confirmation where like where you reaffirm your promises of your baptism and take responsibility for your sins around 13, 14 years old, usually around like a uh, eighth grade. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and that's where you become an adult in the eyes of the church. Leave it to Tyler to be all deep. And then now I feel like a retard. Well, he, he's also, he's just, he's, you're he's, used to that, aren't you? Though? Yeah, I'm very used to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, the movie was entertaining. And that's all. That's all I got. <laughs> I to see that people. All right, here, I'll redeem it. One of my favorite quotes in the movie is Leroy when it says, 13th birthday is always an unlucky birthday. Too old to get tit, too young to get ass. You're <laughs> fucked either way. Like, yes. Yeah. Yes. So oh, that's a good so line. Let me, let me make that pretty shallow right there. I like it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where I hang out. No, that's, that's great. Now, I'm curious, Stu, what is your favorite part of the movie? I actually really enjoyed... When Fool was originally escaping and making his way up uh, the chimney and dealing with Alice and figuring out his way out, I thought that was a good tense scene. Um, they threw in that comedy of him dropping the bricks and shit like that, but it was a good. And then you know, keyed off to Alice's crisis of uh, not conscience, but just the, the Stockholm syndrome that we talked about earlier. Yeah, I thought that whole thing, and then him being forced to make that jump into the pond, uh, was a, a a great, you know, uh, and, and not only just a, a good storytelling arc, but there were some good actual visuals right. that went along with it too that made you feel the emotions that you know Fool was going through at that time. How about you, Lenny? Um, for me, honestly, it was the um, the scene where Daddy's chasing. God, what was the Oh? No, he Roach. Was, Roach. He was, he was chasing. Oh, he was Roach just chasing Roach to the, uh, and the, the hallways. and the shotgun going off, and then Roach going eh, and running around <laughs> like you didn't get me, man. So the funny thing is, he's shooting up the hell out of his house, too. dude. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, when the cops come over later, how the fuck did they not notice the goddamn like holes in the walls from the shotgun yeah. blast? That yeah, happened exactly. no, you're like, right. I didn't even think about that. No, but that 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 whole scene and. It's very reminiscent of the greased up deaf guy from Family Guy. You never yeah. gonna get me, like. <laughs> so funny, man! I love that scene, like that that whole. I'm part. sure Seth MacFarlane based greased up dead guy on Roach. Probably, yeah, because he's like, like, yeah, that was funny, dude. That was my favorite part. So basically, um, I'm gonna say this. I'm just gonna fast forward here. Full releases the people under the stairs. He goes back down to the basement and he releases them. He, he befriends them and he lets it like, lets them go. Basically he goes right back down in the catacombs. Yeah. yeah and like the catacombs, the catacombs are like, are uh, like, it's, it's kind of a recurring thing in a lot of horror films. You know, you think about like silence of the lambs, um, where like where Buffalo bill had like had his entire shop down, uh, downstairs. Um, the comic book, Johnny, the homicidal maniac, yeah. you know, had this house and he had like these, 
catacombs that were like, that were stories upon stories uh, beneath the ground uh, where, where he tortured people um, and, and, you know, and did his, uh, did his murdering. Um, oh, yeah, so real quick, uh, so a quick little preview for everyone out there. Uh, we are going to be doing a Silence of the Lambs episode. But we are actually going to be doing it from Buffalo Bill's house. A, uh, a gentleman bought uh, Buffalo Bill's house in an open-day bed and breakfast. Um, oh, so. man, that is fucking can't <laughs> It's going to be that. amazing. Yes. Oh, yeah, going to be a nice little road trip up to Pennsylvania. Hell, yeah. So uh, he is actually going to turn the the downstairs, the basement, into uh, Buffalo Bill's shop because that was actually filmed on a soundstage, a separate location. Um, but he's going to retrofit everything. There's going to be the well. That's going to be amazing. Yeah, you know, all the places where you can, like, rub lotion on your skin. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's going to be so good. There it is. Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. I'd fuck me so hard. <laughs> You're welcome, ladies and gentlemen. What's so bad is every time I hear that music, it bounces in my head between Buffalo Bill and Jay from Clerks. <laughs> yes, back that scene where like he yes. turns around and his fucking dick's tucked. But oh my god, bro! Like it's it. completely an homage. Two silence. It's just such a great scene. Oh yeah, <laughs> right there by itself. That's going to be a 2022 goes, uh, trip that we plan on when, doing. And the music starts playing. And he goes, "Ooh!" <laughs> and he starts like putting fucking chapstick on. God, it's so good. Uh, that's going to be good. <laughs> All right. So uh, then we get a knock at the door, and uh, Fool's sister basically is at the door, and the mother answers the door. Or mommy answers the door and she opens it. And what happens? Uh, full sister is there and talking about she's with some committee that is trying to stop the uh, persecution or um, kicking out the, the the wrongful evictions of uh, the, the lower the lower uh, income families. Yeah, uh, the, uh, the 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 black demographic um, that's in the ghetto that uh, the ghettos that the mommy and daddy own and trying to get her to sign it. Um, of course, Mama is like, well, basically, fuck you. I don't give a fuck what you're saying. Uh, close the door. More bangs of the door. It's her again. A lot this time. And it's a whole neighborhood. But this time it was with Mom and uh, the uh, grand- Grandpa Booker. or the sister and the grandfather. Yeah. And they're you know saying, and Mom's m- Mommy's like, you know, fuck you, get the fuck off my goddamn porch. I don't give a fuck what you're saying. And she get ready to pull out a fucking gun. Yeah. She pulls out a gun. Yeah. And then she looks back and it's the entire fucking you know neighborhood sitting back there, you know, nothing but a, a huge group of uh, black and Latinos. Well, she pulls her gun <laughs> and she's like. Like, you know, you know, and, and like the thing that was kind of cool is that the sister wasn't even remotely phased. She's nope. like, you know, what are you going to do? Shoot us all? How many yeah. bullets you got in that gun? Because there's like hundreds of people in the streets, basically. I'm going to go hundreds. But there, there's probably 80 or 90, I would say. It doesn't part at, uh, yeah. at most. And then all of a sudden, Alice drops out of the ceiling and drops right that on the That part was creepy, actually. That was fucking perfect. Yeah. <laughs> she says, uh, then the sister's like, she knocked that bitch cold. How did how did full sister not just run the fuck away when she sees a body drop from the ceiling? I'm sorry, that would have scared the shit out of me. Oh, because yeah. that girl is probably like the whitest white girl you've ever exactly. seen because she's like super pale. She's and, like, ah, and what is she like a ginger on top of that with dirty hair? Yeah, and you know gingers don't got souls. She looked like so. a damn skeleton. It was scary. And then all of a sudden, they right when uh, Alice comes outside and they uh, try to help her. They look back, and the mother's already gone. So both the sister and Alice go back into the house trying to look for her, and then the sister walks back outside. You all, you all see her where she went? And then the door slams, and then you see 
Alice like taking over like the intercom of the house. It says you're not going to go away. That you're not going to get rid of me. That easy. It wasn't Alice who. No, said not that. Alice. Uh, um, the mother, mo- mommy. mommy. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So then that happens, and then all of a sudden you see mommy with a fucking knife the in the knife. kitchen, like a butcher yep. knife, and she's like. She says something, basically, I think, like, one of the you last You hurt mommy she, really bad or something like that? And she's like, you know, you're going to burn in hell, because that was, like, her thing. You're going to burn you're gonna in burn. hell. Like, the, yeah. the mommy and daddy both, that was their their catchphrase. They're, you know, may they burn in hell, may they burn, they're going to burn in hell. And so she Even says... Even when they did lunch. Even though, another thing. So they had all this fucking time, you know, in between uh, the time the fool escaped to the time that the cops showed up. They Not only did they have time to do the cleanup, the get dress themselves, drain the fucking pond, fill it with goddamn glass, hide all the fucking shotgun blasts that are oh, all shit, over the yeah, fucking right. house. Then they also had time to sit and make a fucking recording, a tape recording of them oh, yeah, saying their right. fucking prayers. Yeah. And shit like, but you know it had to have been, they had to have done it. It wasn't something they had just sitting around. Well, the, the thing is, it never explained how much time it was until Fool came back. Well, once again, it had to have only been at most an a, hour to two hours, I would yeah. think, at response time. I yeah. would think. Because it was the same day, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Okay. It was the same evening. Yeah. Right. And yeah, they, you're right. They did so much shit in between the time that full escaped to the time the cops showed up. I'm like, how the fuck are these assholes doing this? One of those flaws in the movie that you don't always see until you... I saw it. I saw it for oh, you the, saw for the beginning? very first fucking time oh, I saw seriously? it. I'm like, okay. how much fucking time has passed? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. No, you're, mom, you're, you got a point. Uh, so she gets into the kitchen when the mom like attacks her with a knife. She lunges at her. Lunges like, just at this her. like crazy scream. And then all of a sudden you just start seeing hands coming out of the, uh, the walls and out of the cabinets and it's all the people from under the stairs. They all escaped. And, and they're all attacking and and they confront her in the kitchen and she's like you know she kind of she's trying to defend herself but you can tell like she realizes I'm fucked yeah and then and she still decides all right I'm fucked but I'm taking this bitch out with me yeah about so Alice. she still tries to go after Alice yeah. and all these other all these other boys that have been trapped on the stairs they fucking literally rip her apart wait what you think of one of the ones that had uh, was wearing skin on his face did Dude, you see that awesome yeah, yeah no that okay be- so we never talked about the boys about the, the whole see no evil speak no evil hear no evil no yeah we never talked about that so whenever the reason that they've only have one girl and the rest are boys is they always wanted a boy child is yeah. what alice referred to um but they would always see something or say something or hear something they weren't supposed to do so daddy would come along and cut off that offending part of them, whether it was their uh, eyes, their tongue, or their ears. Yeah. And then throw them in the fucking basement. That's how Roach lost his uh, tongue. Okay. Right. So, uh, and Alice, you know, was asked, you know, how do you, how have you survived? Those well, I follow the rules. I, I see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Yeah. Um. So when, if you were one of those boys down there, would you rather have been blinded, deafened, or had your tongue cut out? And so you can't really communicate with uh, the other groups. I'd rather, good I'd rather have had my tongue cut out. Absolutely. How about you, Tyler? Same. Ron? That tongue cut out, yeah. I'd yep. go with that, yeah. yeah so do, I mean, like, do you think, again, who do you think was the, because you saw skeletons and stuff like that. You know they had, they probably had also cannibalized each other. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, with how starving they were. Which group do you think was the most likely to have gotten eaten by the other groups? The, the, the eyes or the ears or the tongues? I mean the eyes. I'd say the, I'd say the eyes got eaten because they wouldn't. They, I mean, they can hear really well, but you can. I, I mean, you can. But plan. keep in mind, they're already in almost darkness as it is. So I mean, their the eyes sight are like is a benefit, ah, yeah. but it's not, a, it's not a huge benefit the way we think in our that's everyday true. lives. Right. They had flashlights. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah. uh, Daddy, I remember uh, Alice explaining to Fool about the uh, people in her series. He says he gives them flashlights, and they're somewhat happy 
in their own sort of way. Remember that that line? Yeah, that's right. Because they were like playing with them and shit and like running around. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. that's a good one. Uh, that's a good question. So fool is down in the basement because uh, he's down there with uh, daddy because daddy's chasing him. Right. And the mommy is being attacked and basically thrown down the stairs by the people under the base of the people under the stairs. I don't know. What would you call the people? The kids? No, 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 the no, stair children? people. The people under the stairs came up after fool got the gold. Um, that's why, you know, the people they had, I know, but remember they throw her body, they throw her body down the stairs, but daddy, uh, that this is after fools, uh, found the gold that they throw her downstairs for what already escaped from daddy gotten, gotten through the people and shit like that. They're the ones who kind of pointed out to where, you know, the gold, that's right. That's right. Yeah. It was like ripped out. Right. Yeah. 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 So he found the gold and daddy's downstairs and uh, following him and uh, hearing, you can tell that he's walking through the basement. He's got his uh, shotgun. He's still in his gimp suit. But he goes in the catacombs and basically goes into this room where all the gold's at. You can hear gold, uh, like, uh, falling. like like, And he starts going off about how, oh, you're counting the money. I, just how much as I did. I, how much I enjoyed doing it. Yeah, like uh, I roll through your fingers like I've done a thousand times before. Some, yeah. Some shit like that. Yeah, that's right. And... um there's explosives down inside that basement, basically to keep from people from getting to the gold. But Fool had a uh, certain way of making the device where he can make the place explode if uh, if he touches two wires together when uh, he's down there. So he kind of threatens him and says, don't fuck with me. Uh, I will blow all this fucking gold. Go- I'm gone. And uh, he doesn't believe him. And uh, he thrusts for him. And basically he explodes the whole basement. And Fool is... Uh, I don't remember what he would do. Is he just like jump into another uh, room or something like that to get away from the explosion? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But uh, the explosion hits uh, Daddy and points him all the way to the fucking well, which I can't figure out how he got all the way to the well from where he was at. From the catacombs, it just doesn't seem right. Uh, what I can't figure out is how a 10 year old knows how to rig a fucking explosive. Well, all the, the explosion happens, and then all the fucking money, the whole fucking house explodes, and the people out in the front, all the uh, um, the the neighborhood basically are outside. You see all the fucking gold and all the cash just blow up up the chimney. And the one thing I will point out that I find funny about the end of the movie, where all the so all the gold goes flying in the air, all the money, everything else. You see everybody and hanging out. And yeah, good. you've got all the all the people that were out there, you know, upset about this family. Now they have access to all this money that's literally raining from the sky. And, you know, it's all very well and good. It, you know, this evil couple, they die. All their money gets thrown out there and it gets, you know, redistributed wealth. Let's put it that way. Yeah. But. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. But the um, the one point that I wanted to point out at the end of this movie that no one seems to really fucking give a shit about is that every single last one of those guys from the basement, albeit it's very nice that they got out, and it's tragic that they were locked up, but you just released a fucking handful of cannibal people. <laughs> yes. They're going to fucking go. Well, you remember, you- Fool, remember Fool when he said that you can get out, you can also find some women and everything else? And Yeah, and they're all like sitting there like, oh, oh like, yeah, I could fucking eat their leg. Like, <laughs> they're cannibals, bro. Okay. They're fucking, they're, they're dangerous people. You can't just let them run around. Unchecked. Okay. One thing I posed to Ron when we were watching this film together: uh, What did you think about the deaths of Mommy and Daddy? Do you think it, how they died was enough, or do you think it, other stuff could have been done and would have been more fulfilling to the character? I actually liked uh, how Mommy died. I, I thought I, Mommy I, died in a good way because the children all attacked her. But I Daddy, don't. what? Be, well, because Mommy, like, she gets thrown down the stairs, and all you see is that her basically her throat's been ripped out. 
I would. I. I expect when they all like enveloped her. I you was thought expe- that they were going to eat. I was expecting yes. her to be ripped limb from fucking limb, like like Day of the Dead style. Yes, yeah. yes, oh, like yeah. fucking yeah. arms and legs, Fuck the whole yeah. nine yeah. guts yeah. everywhere. I was expecting them to fucking rip her to pieces, not just rap pull her throat apart. Then that's it. Like, oh come on, they could have done more than that. Well, you see, Daddy, when he's blown away into the well, he's still basically alive. He's just hanging off the top, and he falls into the into the little well that he uh, puts. Uh, Leroy's body and remember when he was carving up Leroy yeah and I mean it would I don't know like which I didn't bring up by the way Leroy um, was hanging upside down and uh, he was feeding pieces of Leroy to the cannibals but also daddy himself had blood on his mouth and he was eating Leroy yeah, also taking, which also made it bites. sound like he was a cannibal too oh yeah he was taking bites out of him it was yeah. fucking gross what about you Tyler what do you think about the deaths uh, and did you think or done well or you think they could have gone a different way to have been more satisfying no no i mean i agree generally with what you guys have said so far that mommy's was very very befitting that she was torn apart by her own children quote unquote um uh the fact that they were keeping money and dynamite together just didn't make any sense so i guess it was just it was all just a plot device to yeah because didn't alice alice said something about how he was trying to protect his money i guess so. yeah 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 so like so i guess it was just a plot device for daddy being you know this greedy greedy monster being destroyed by his own money like yeah. I, I See, but know. he wasn't just, destroyed uh by his own money it was just the explosion i actually mentioned to ron during the watching that i thought it would have been better for his death scene if like some of the uh, the gold coins embedded themselves. Like, yeah, in no, I remember you telling me that in his head, and you know, been the allegory of greed, his own greed, killing him um, and dying that way. And honestly, yes, mommy getting torn apart limb from limb would have been nice, but I was prepared for because after the comment, oh, there's women out there, and you know, they're a bunch of horned up fucking teenagers, yeah, and late teens and stuff like that. I was expecting a little bit more rape to be happening really? against mom. Um, you know, and just them I destroying see that. her that way, and yeah. how, how and then ripping the, her apart exactly, or you're not agreeing while with that. ripping her apart. <laughs> well, no, no, we, Tyler's we, like you get, Tyler's, this conversation got really dark. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that would have been more befitting of their death for, for each one, of, for each mommy and daddy's characters and what they had done. Yes, uh, something like no, something I, more visceral. I could see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I could see that. So overall, guys. <laughs> Come on, Tyler. What do you got to say? <laughs> say? Say what you got to say. No, I'm not going to say it. Oh, come no. on. No, like, no. Like, why didn't, like, a tree, like, burst out of the fucking ground? Yeah, right. Like, yes. Like, Evil dead that shit, bitch. <laughs> Evil dead, son. Get at my level. <laughs> what do you guys think of the whole ranking of Wes Craven films? Like, uh, this is very low, in my opinion. <laughs> Probably one of his lowest films ever. I would. See, the ones that he was a major force of, then Yes. Yeah, see, I believe this was always my number one favorite, and after watching this again for the last time, it's gone way down. I, I still think to my favorite uh, Wes Craven film. I know, I know a lot of you guys think it's like you know Nightmare on Elm Street. Mine's a Scream. I, I still love Scream as his number one, in my opinion. I thought that was his best. I would, you know, I have, and, and it, it might be a, a future uh, podcast for us because Scream is definitely a movie I'd love to cover because I have a very very significant amount of nostalgia during that particular time of my life that that movie came out. Yeah. But I would say um, in terms of a good movie, like a very, 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 very entertaining movie, I would say Scream. But as far as like pure horror that just fucking is unsettling and makes you just like, you know, oh, fuck, would definitely be New Nightmare. New Nightmare. New Nightmare. Because that, that particular version of Freddy... 
He is fucking cold. He's not sitting there like saying one-liners. He is he is fucking ruthless. And yeah. that that was returned to the original. Yeah, and that was terrifying as fuck, man. That that version of Freddy to me was the was the most frightening one. So this movie wouldn't put you you wouldn't put this as a terrifying movie. You'd put this more as a oh, it's more of a comedy, upsetting. a dark comedy, like a dark comedy. Honestly, like even the part with the with the cannibalism and he's cutting a body up i don't know like i've i've seen way fucking worse and way more graphic scenes so like even with him cutting up leroy and throwing a couple pieces of meat to like the the people under the stairs eh, i mean it wasn't it wasn't the shock value was not really like maybe for its time right it would have been kind of like oh wow but even then, I'm just like, meh. I mean, there's there's definitely been worse so even, out there. Even the t- for its time, I don't think it is because you had before that you had Hills of Eyes, uh, yeah. Last House on the Left, yeah. um, Serpent and Rainbow. Uh, you had so many other films that were yep. so much god awful, you know, you know, cringe inducing, and th- that had come before it. And, and this there was, was just super water. Well, down. you remember that? Yeah. You remember his other one before that was uh, Shocker. That was his comedy yeah. before that. And I enjoyed Shocker more than I enjoyed this. There yeah. was a lot of there was a lot of um, you know. For for this particular movie, there was maybe one or two parts where you're like, oh, wow. You know, like as far as like if you want to talk about gore. But for the most part, I thought it was a dark comedy. The one part for me that was really really unsettling, if I had to pick a couple of scenes, and this is just because now I'm an adult and I've got kids, mm-hmm. but it was when she uh, abuses Alice. Like yes, when Alice... She puts in the bathtub. She puts her... Dips, she dips her into the hot water. That fucking pissed me off. And then like when Alice slipped and fell in the blood and she's screaming at her like, look what you did to your dress. Like that... Those scenes were more unsettling to me than anything else in the movie, honestly. But again, that's me coming from an, being an adult and having children of my own and I would fucking murder somebody if they treated my kid like that. Like that's just terrible to treat children that way. So... That for me, that was the part of the movie that I, I just was like, I don't. It was uncomfortable to watch. See, so. the only part that really bothered me the most was the part when he grabs himself up in the uh, attic. You're out. Well, yeah, and that too. I, I just that part. Was the just whole like, me. what the fuck's about to because happen? Because I, yeah. I did not know he was a child molester until I saw that. Then you see he's a cannibal, and then I mean he's he's all types. The guy's like the ultimate piece suit. of shit. Yeah, <laughs> Tyler, you haven't given us your thoughts on uh, how this ranks up in the West Craven films. Oh no, I was waiting for you to go, man. Okay, um, I'm it, it's towards the bottom uh, to me. Wes Craven, my top three would be um, Nightmare, then New Nightmare, and then Serpent in the Rainbow. Those were the ones that. Were you okay. a fan of Deadly Blessing? I was okay with it. I, I am. It wasn't one of those ones that jumped to my. You know, it's it wasn't one of those ones that stick to me the way a lot of his other films do. Right. I love Scream. I love a lot of the stuff that you know he's done. Um, you know, sh- I said Shocker. I enjoyed Shocker. Vampire in Brooklyn. Uh, <laughs> You know what? For a popcorn flick, it's good. All right. So would you say Vampire in Brooklyn is better than People yes. in the Stairs? Yes. So you'd rank People in the Stairs it's, probably one of his worst films. On, from, uh, from what I can think of of his filmography that he had a huge uh, part in, yes, I would have to say so. Well, here's It a, did not know what voice it wanted to be, so it failed on all levels. Well, here's a question for you real quick before I get to ty- until we get to Tyler's uh, ranking. You know what movie it went against in the same month? I want to see which one would you vote better. Highlander 2, The Reckoning. Ooh. The Quickening, sorry. Uh, Highlander 2, The Quickening, ooh. or People Under the Stairs. You, you, you ever seen that? They're, they're both dog shit movies. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's like, would I rather get kicked in my left nut or my right nut? It's, <laughs> neither one is 
worse than the other. <laughs> it's just like, oh. Well, that's the thing. The, the people in their stairs opened up at number one spot of the box office, taking over $5.5 5 that weekend. So That's because it had Wes Craven's name attached to it. Well, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, no, there's Wes Craven movies that have come out that have completely were bombs, like Cursed. With but Christina think about Ricky. when it came out. What did he have bombs before that came out? Really? No, that's very true. Uh, you got yeah, a, he was, he was on a fucking roll. Yeah, he was a West fucking Craven. All right, you don't fuck with yeah, West Craven. You're right, back you're right. Then. All right, how about you, Tyler? So so uh, let me talk a little bit about the movie itself. Um, this movie was a horrible, unintentional comedy. Like I know we've, we've kind of mentioned it at this point that it wasn't really scary. It was, it was a lot funnier. I, I said before there was a lot of like slapstick moments. Yeah. Stu is a great point where it's like it seems like this movie didn't really know what like, it wanted to be. Um. I think part of the reason why this movie was so successful is because overall the story is simple and like, and it doesn't require much of the of the viewer at all. It doesn't demand very much of them. Yeah. All of the characters are very one dimensional, and it's very clear who are the good guys and who are the bad guys. The villains are just evil people from an evil family who are evil because they're rich and evil. Yeah, that's it. That that is it. Yes. There's nothing redeeming about them at all. Like you know, you don't understand any of their motivations other than they're evil. They're yeah. they're rich and incestuous and racist. And, you know, and, and child molesters and, like, just terrible fucking people. Like, there's nothing good about them at all. Like, so it just it, – the, the, the good guys in the stories are, are good and altruistic, and the bad guys are just bad. There's really no – there's no gray at all. It's very, very black and white story. Right. Yeah. You know, which, which is very much like what was uh, Wes Craven's intention. Yeah. Um, overall, I mean, other than that, though, like, I, I respect Wes Craven. Um, I think that his movies are – have always been, like, a little campy. They've always had, like, a little bit of comedy. Um, the fact that he pretty much like invented Freddy and he kind of yeah. became like this funny, like, you know, um, uh, slasher hero uh, or like, or, sli- or like, well, not, not intentionally because the first Nightmare on Elm Street was more serious tone. I don't even think there was any comedy in Freddy in the first one. That didn't really happen until more of the sequels. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we got more, the more comic and then to the point where almost Looney Tunes type of comic, like especially in Freddy's Dead. Freddy's Dead. Yeah, yeah. Basically everything after three was like, was just, it was, it was fucking comedy. Yeah. So um, until New Nightmare. Yeah, but uh, yeah, exactly. And New Nightmare. Like, see, I watched that one more one other time, and I actually was very impressed on how yes. well it was done. So, because it looks like it was also it was going back to the roots of the first one, but so. in a totally different way. Yeah, that was why I appreciate it so much. Is I really love films that take a really unique idea, yeah. and then spin on it. Like uh, I think Scream worked so well because it was putting that lens on that whole generation. Um, uh, that grew up with horror films and they're bored teenagers looking yeah. for something fucking fun and awesome and different. Exactly, to do. that's right. Uh, uh, Saul, uh, you know, as far as the body horror films, yeah. Um, and just such a creative way that they're showing stuff. Nightmare just for creating Freddy himself, yeah. yeah. And something to- terrifying. You can't get away because everybody has to fucking sleep, yeah. Um, yep. and just does such a great job of taking unique ideas and telling a wonderful story with it now would you guys still find out that this was still entertaining in a way or do you find it as a movie that you wouldn't know you were watching no no it's i mean it's it's mm-hmm. fun and it's entertaining i mean like yeah. i said like you know like it's an it's an easy movie it's not to split watch. second it's a it's it's a <laughs> I, I will say oh i you would i would watch this movie 10 out of 10 times if it was between this or split second oh come on i'm sorry brother howard these guys don't appreciate you all right yeah, I respect Wes, Wes Craven. Um, I think that he his movies are always always been like a little bit a little campy, um, but they're always good. And his love of film and horror is always evident. Yeah. You know, he's always a storyteller. Um, so I, I have to get give the guy props for that. Um, my number one movie 
is uh, is Scream. It se- kind of seems like we all pretty nice. much like you know we we really really appreciate that movie because we all kind of grew up with slasher films and like in that movie. Um, break, breaks the fourth wall and kind of satirizes everything that we kind of grew up with, but it pays homage to them. Yeah, no, you so know? that's what I was going to say. It does pay homage to, especially with the whole uh, thing at the end and how they base themselves off of other characters from different movies and also the um, the, uh, the 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 guy that uh, it works in the video store where he just like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. tells all the don't, rules of don't a horror movie. Upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't run upstairs. I fucking love that. The end of that movie is probably one of my all-time favorites. I would love to do that movie for, uh, yep. for a show sometime. Yep. We are definitely going to do that in the future. Uh, number two, uh, is uh, Nightmare on Elm Street um, movie's a classic. Yeah. I mean, he, he, like, Westwood invented a, a character that is instantly recognizable by anyone, everywhere, even those who, even those, like, who claim to hate horror movies, they know who Freddy is. Yep. You know, you can show them, show them a picture, like, or, you know, like, or, you know, guy with a claw hand, and everybody knows exactly who Freddy Krueger is. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, Robert England did such a great job with that. That is a role that would yes. never, ever be replaced, you know, and to include Jackie Earl Haley from, like, the remake. God. Yeah, that was, I was so hurt because I didn't want them to remake Freddy, but I was like, man, they got fucking Jackie or Haley. I'm a huge fan of him. I think he's a great fucking actor. If somebody has to put on that fedora, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, and then it turned into complete fucking dog shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Most mean, remakes are. Yeah, I mean, it did. It, they did at one point in time. They made him a child molester in that movie, which I really didn't like, but they also instilled doubt that he was ever guilty in the first place. Mm-hmm. And and that made the character much much more interesting because it's like well maybe he was, yeah, maybe he was a good person and it wasn't until he was basically uh, you know ritually sacrificed you know like he was killed by a mob yeah you know um, like the way a witch is burned uh, that he became evil that he wasn't evil to begin with he was he was turned evil and um, the people that his their children that he now hunts made him that way so in a, in a way they're fucking responsible for their children's deaths it's kind of an interesting concept yeah. yeah so like while like while there are a lot of aspects of the remake i hate like you know like that was that was a good one yeah so, uh number three is uh, a vampire in brooklyn oh wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah Dude, i i like that movie i really did no i did too so. yeah that movie was like was funny and like was funny and scary uh it was it was fucking hilarious a lot eddie of that was with eddie Mur- yeah he's fucking great dude yeah. so you uh, actually choose that over a new nightmare I am surprised by that. Yeah, yeah. I am surprised. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, like, because New Nightmare, like, it was like it was just it was very like it was very dark, you know, like very scary. Like the little kid, you know, like like it, he did it, a good job. Yeah, no, he did fucking great. Yeah, um, but like that, there was not a very there's not a lot of levity in that movie. Wasn't it also the same kid that was in Pet Cemetery? Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just um, remember. Yeah, so like so that there wasn't a whole lot of levity in that movie. Um, yeah. and and sometimes like. A lack of levity can make a movie hard to rewatch. Yeah. An example being like The Revenant. That's a great fucking movie, but there's no levity in that movie. Like, so it's it's hard to rewatch that movie. In addition to how quiet and like and long it is, um, it's a hard movie to, re- to rewatch. See, I'm, I disagree with you on that. I can watch that movie over and over again. I think it's a beautiful movie, and that's what I love about it. Mm-hmm. I think the whole story and everything about him having to cope, you know, deal with having to survive through the wilderness like that. Because I'm a big fan of surviving movies. Um, Call of the Wild. Uh, Shit, uh, what's some other ones? Um, 127 yeah, Hours. Huh? 127 yeah. Hours. Yeah, that's a good that's one, a too. fucking movie. The Edge with uh, Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin. Mm-hmm. That's yes, another good one. The Edge, that's a dude, good one. Dude, when that grizzly bear tell, like, tears up that dude from, uh, what was it, from Jaws 4 or whatever? Yes. <laughs> it tears up No, apart. no, you're getting a completely different actor. He's in Oz. He's also in um, that fucking, uh, what's that, Lost show? Lost? Yeah, that's the name of the show. Yeah, but he- <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even that, that guy for that Lost show. I'm like Lost. <laughs> the show is called Lost. 
So yeah, so uh, yeah, the, the movie was loosely was loosely based on Dracula, um, but it was it was different enough to where like it didn't feel like it was a, it was a complete ripoff. And Eddie Murphy did a great job in that movie. Yeah, um, the core characters are there and they're present, but like but the names and the origins and the motivations are are, are totally different. Yeah, um, like there's a Van Helsing character. His name's like Doctor Zico. He's from like from the Caribbean. Kind of gives some backstory like on uh, on the vampire um, Maximilian and helps them destroy him. Um, and so, yeah, dude, like I, I, so my, my point of like, of uh, a lack of levity can somehow make a movie hard to enjoy and hard to rewatch, um, is probably why a vampire in Brooklyn rates higher than a new nightmare in spite of the fact of like, of how much a, how much of like a Freddy fan I am. So, so overall at my ranking of this movie, I still put it in my top three, but it's at the bottom. It was the top. Now it's at the bottom scream vampire in Brooklyn and people under stairs. I still find it very entertaining. I still find it, you know, it's comedy. Yeah, it's a dark comedy in a way. It's got some seriousness to it. There's some unsettling scenes in the movie, but overall, I still enjoyed it. I still have a good time with it. it I will still watch it every now and then, not like every once a year or something like that, but it's, to me, still one of the best Wes Craven films, in my opinion. I've never been a big Freddy fan. I like, you know, I like Freddy Krueger, but Frankly, not enough. Dear, Fuck you. <laughs> Anyways, guys, this was uh, this was our show, People Under the Stairs, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. This was a fun show to do. Uh, hope to see you guys next week. We are going to be having the 13th Warrior episode coming up. I hope you guys are uh, up for that. It's going to be a fun episode. That's see you all later. Oh, yeah, yeah, boy! I hate you all. <laughs>Hey guys, thanks for listening to our podcast, Barrel Age Flicks. We are so excited for the upcoming episodes headed your way and bonus episodes of The Small Batch. If you love our show, please spread the word. You can give us a follow on Instagram. Our username is Barrel Flicks. We're also on Facebook as Barrel Aged Flicks. Send a like our way. If you have any questions or movie requests, you can send us a message or an email at barrelagedflicks at gmail.com. Credit to White Bat Audio located on youtube for our background music thank you guys so much it's a big help you can also find our podcast on the following platforms apple podcast google podcast anchor spotify radio public audible pocket cast and we're also on youtube we hope to see you guys next week thanks so much for listening